0: Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Hello, Eat More Barbecue family, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 137 of Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast. The great state of Texas is steeped in barbecue tradition, and there are a large number of amazing pitmasters in that state that follow, follow closely those traditional ways of smoking brisket, ribs, and sausage, the Texas trinity and many, many of them do it in amazing fashion, and I've been fortunate enough to eat at some of those places. There is also a growing number of chefs that are taking those barbecue traditions and putting their own spin on things. I don't know if it is necessarily a movement or if it is just the natural evolution of things, but I'm excited to be joined by one of the cooks at the forefront this week, as Evan Leroy from Leroy & Lewis Barbecue in Austin is my guest. Speaking of Texas, barbecue sauce is a subject that has caused more than a few fights in that state, specifically over whether or not it is needed. If you fall into the category of people that like sauce with their cue, then you'll want to stay tuned after the interview with Evan for the monthly product review segment featuring an award-winning line linemate right here in Alberta. Thinking of starting a podcast to help build your business's brand, but don't know how to get started? Eat More Barbecue Digital Media can help you with consulting, recording voice work, or full production. Contact us at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com for more information. This segment of the show is brought to you by ATB Financial. Today, I want to tell you about ATB's new podcast, The Future Of. Join Todd Hirsch, ATB's Vice President and Chief Economist, as he connects with special guests who offer unique and useful perspectives about the future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace that opportunity it creates. From the future of women in business to the changing nature of work itself, The Future Of helps us understand what's coming and what we need to do today to get the tomorrow we want. Featuring two episodes each month plus bonus episodes, The Future Of includes interviews with top community and business leaders from Alberta and around the world. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. And connect to ask your questions about the future by emailing the at atb.com. We're heading down south to beautiful Austin, Texas this week to talk some new school barbecue with one of a one of the cooks behind a wave of inventive barbecue that still pays homage to the traditional roots of Texas barbecue. I'm very excited to welcome Evan Leroy from Leroy and Lewis Barbecue to the show. Evan, welcome. Thank you for doing this. How are you doing this evening?
1: Great. Thanks for having me on. I
0: yeah, That's awesome. Uh, before we get into Leroy and Lewis and everything you got going on, a little bit of a uh, bit about yourself, some background, uh, Austin home for you.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Austin. I was born in Southern California, but I moved here very uh, when when I was very young. I just kind of grew up cooking barbecue, like in the backyard with my dad, and um, was watching a lot of like Food Network growing up. I was obsessed with. Like Good Eats and Alton Brown yeah. and Bobby Flay and Emeril Lagasse, um, and I was just always into what my parents were doing in the kitchen. You know, my uh, I'm half Mexican, so my grandmother was always cooking a lot. Okay. You know, we always did a lot of uh, holiday, uh, you know, kind of Mexican food traditions, and um, yeah, just kind of growing up in Austin eating a lot of barbecue, Mm -hmm. always going to places like the Salt Lake and Crank's Market and stuff, and that stuff was just kind of pervasive. I started working in restaurants when I uh, was in Tallahassee. I went to Florida State for college, and then I came back to Austin to go to culinary school, Uh, just a short program after I graduated, and then I moved to New York City I uh, worked a little bit in a couple of restaurants and then I became the pit master at Hill Country Barbecue. Okay, yeah. Um, and then I moved back to Austin. I opened a place called Friedman's yep. as the chef there. I worked there for four years and then I opened Leroy and Lewis.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I've, uh, the more uh, I, I listen to a lot of barbecue podcasts, uh, a number yeah. of them based out of Texas, and talking, hearing uh, uh, from guys in Austin, Friedman's and then there's another spot there, and the name is Escaping. me. kind of seems to be uh, seems to be a lot of uh, offshoots from uh, of folks like yourself that have kind of gone from there and uh, moved into yeah, your own yeah. operations. Uh,
1: Freedman's is closed now, but yeah. um, I worked there from 2012 to 2016, yep. and we built up a really good team there. Mm. Uh, so Brad, who works with me now, yep. Chuds B- That's where we met. I hired him there. Uh, My good friend Christopher McGee, who is one of the masters at the Switch. Uh, That's where we met. Uh, My friend Lane and Jalen, who uh, own Goldie's Barbecue in Kennandale or Fort Worth. And also my friend Joel Garcia, who has uh, Teddy's in Weslico in the Valley.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: So, yeah, we had a huge team there uh, full of really, really talented cooks and it was
0: fun. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a almost a family tree that you can uh of barbecue that you can uh look at uh, coming out of that location there.
1: Yeah, you know, I never really had like a kind of mentor chef mm-hmm. or barbecue kind of mentor and, and anybody that I really can kind of point to uh that I really like learned a lot from other than like my dad, you know. Yeah. Um so I like to be able to hopefully provide that to other people. For sure. Uh, And it's really important to me to build a solid team, you Mm -hmm. know, places that have like a revolving door, uh, you know, are never quite as, uh, you know, successful as places where they have a solid staff.
0: For sure. Uh, Before we get any further, a question I've been asking my guests lately, Evan, is uh, what does barbecue mean to you?
1: What does barbecue mean to me? Uh, um, To me, barbecue is a cultural touchstone for Mm -hmm. me, right? It's something that is really important for Texans, for people from, uh, you know, the United States. It's such a specific cuisine that we have that a lot of other people, you know, don't necessarily have it the same way uh, that we do. It kind of it's uniquely American in a way that it kind of brings together all these different cultures and it's regional. um, And it is kind of, you know, it's kind of bombastic in a way too, that Mm is uh, uniquely American. And I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just a menu to me, like to a lot of people, barbecue is brisket and ribs and pulled pork and potato salad. But to Mm -hmm. me, it's like a method of cooking. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, You know, it's an extremely important part of my life, and it's uh, you know, it's it's an obsession for me.
0: Yep. And uh, I was listening to uh, the latest episode of your podcast today, and uh, you you mentioned uh, that you're a bit of a hockey fan. So being up here in Canada, or uh, my listener, my listeners here, will be uh, interested to hear that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you're from uh, from Edmonton, right? I'm in Calgary, actually. Oh, okay, cool, awesome.
0: Three hours, uh, three hours south of Edmonton. So
1: yeah, Uh, so. I yeah, grew up in Austin, you know, yeah. like I was, I think like eight years old when the mighty ducks came out sure, and that yeah. just like hit me. Yeah. And as soon as the movie ended, I like turned around to my parents. I was like, I'm playing ice hockey. <laughs> like, that's going down. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Uh, and the closest rink was like 20 miles away. Yeah. So
0: but not as, uh, not as accessible there.
1: No, but I mean, you know, we still did it. We bought all the equipment and it was, yeah. I mean, it was really popular back then in the nineties. Yeah. You know, It, it America with it was it was just hot yeah um, and i played for like i think like eight years okay um, and i just had an awesome time and i kind of you know moved away from it for a little bit but am recently getting back into it um and so yeah yeah right I, on I love it. I've, I've been watching like almost every night and like mm-hmm. listening to games and just like
0: well, with this uh, with their condensed schedule right now, it's uh, there's no shortage of games every night.
1: So I know there's like a dozen games <laughs> on yesterday. <laughs> pretty crazy, was, like, coming back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, how's the weather uh, down there this time of year for you guys?
1: Oh, you know, it's a little chilly. It's fifty two. So <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I lucked and with our wind chill, It's minus two Fahrenheit for us today. So oh my god,
2: no.
0: <laughs> no, thank you. That's not horrible, you know. So yeah. Um, so you kind of touched on, uh, I guess the cooking and the food bug coming from your family primarily and barbecue yeah. as well. You said, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, yeah, so
1: my dad did a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of ribs and stuff in the backyard, mm-hmm. steaks, chicken on the grill, a little bit of stuff on the smoker, but, um, you know, nothing really too intensive. Um, you know, when I was in New York, I kind of noticed things happening in Austin and I got, uh, you know, excited about Franklin barbecue and other places kind of, you know, popping up and getting some notoriety and, uh, you know, things were happening a little bit in New York too, but Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to come down to Austin and, you know, kind of plant my flag here and put, put, put our own stamp on it. And even back then I was experimenting with different flavors. You know, I was always like, why does it have to be, you know, just this simplistic, you know, very straightforward, exact same meats. Like, why doesn't anybody cook lamb on the smoker? Right. Why doesn't anybody cook, like, beef tongue on the smoker? Why are, you know, all these other cuts are delicious. You know, why are not we doing different and interesting things?
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what Leroy and Lewis has become known for, right, is not, not the t- traditional Texas barbecue menu of brisket and sausage and ribs, Right.
1: right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we call ourselves New School Barbecue, and mm-hmm. that in itself, you know, is offensive to some people, some kind of old old yep. heads here in Texas. But uh, we, you know, we back it up. You yep. know, we really try to, and it comes with a purpose too. You know, barbecue comes from a place of you know butcher shops using what they couldn't sell, um, and then smoking it, and then selling that as barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so we. You know, we, we try to use offcuts. We use different things that people don't always barbecue. We smoke beef cheeks uh, you know, through the week, and yep. then we just do briskets on the weekend right. because that's what we can get from our local purveyors. You know, everything we do is informed by sourcing locally. I mm-hmm. think the best beef uh, comes from Texas, and so we get the best beef in Texas. Yep. That's, that's our mission. That's our job.
0: Now we might argue a little bit with you up here in Alberta, but uh, that's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have really good pork here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a great pork purveyor who, uh, you know, brings us whole and half hogs that are, you know, killed earlier that week. Right. Um, we have the freshest, most delicious, uh, really, really good pork that we receive. Mm-hmm. Half hogs, and we cook those in you know, kind of a different style and sometimes we break them down into different and unique cuts like the bacon ribs mm-hmm. or, um, you know, like other different kinds of chops and stuff. So, yeah, really kind of stepping outside the box, uh, challenging what kind of people think of as barbecue, but sticking to, you know, the bones of it, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you will, you know, meat kind of by the pound sliced in front of you and then kind of like picnic style size.
2: Yeah. It
0: just maybe different cuts than uh, folks are used to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I appreciate what you're doing with kind of the local sourcing and, uh, you know, trying to use as much of the animal as you can, right? A, kind of a nose to tail. You're doing a lot of the butchery and breaking down there as well, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just a little bit less expensive for us to buy, you know, you know, the whole pig. Yeah. Uh, and it would be for us to just buy like, you know, buy the rack because we have such high sourcing standards and mm-hmm. we were to just buy ribs. They would be too expensive for us to just sell like ribs. Yeah. So in order for us to, you know, a lot of people would just come up to the food truck, just see us as any other barbecue place. So we still have to compete price wise on that level. Yeah. So we have to kind of adjust our menu and adjust our pricing and adjust how people view and read the menu too uh, in order to kind of make that money back and make everything work financially. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So kind of coming out of the the Freedmen's days, what was the transition to Leroy and Lewis? Kind of how did that all come about?
1: Well, uh, I was already kind of thinking about doing my own thing and doing some research And kind of building a business plan. And uh, I had been talking to some friends of mine, Nathan and Sawyer Lewis, Mm -hmm. uh, who are my business partners now, about opening up a a brew pub and barbecue place. Um, Nathan has been educated in Germany. He's like a brewing scientist. Uh, Okay. Uh, He's like one of the smartest people I know. And he works at Austin Beer Works in the quality department. Uh, And Sawyer has been in the front of house in the industry for almost 15 years now, um, and just is the just the best person that I've ever worked with. You know, kind of on that side of the line. Right. Um, And so, you know, we all kind of realized that we had the same um, the same values Mm -hmm. and the same goals, and we decided to open a place together. um, You know, with Real estate market in Austin being what it is, and you know, all of the things that we wanted you know, space for a brewery, space mm-hmm. to do events, and space to be, you know, kind of outside. And then, you know, the nice weather in Texas, all of those things together is very yeah. hard to find, you know, plus space for a smoker. Yeah. Um, so we were looking and looking and looking, and we've kind of been down the road with like five or six different places, and uh, we found a place that we thought was really good and then uh, COVID struck yeah. and we had to back out of that lease. But, yep. uh, you know, hopefully we are kind of looking at another place now and
0: we'll see okay. if it works out. So getting into a brick and mortar is still, uh, still the plan yeah. at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still a goal. You know, yeah. the ultimate goal of this business is barbecue and beer. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get there eventually. You know, we're, it takes a long time to get people just used to uh, the fact of not uh, not having like brisket all the time. Yeah, but that in itself is hard enough and I feel like we're almost there. Just about, it, eh? And, you know, as, as, as soon as we, uh, you, you know, kind of reach that, you know, pinnacle of, you know, as much as we can do out of the food truck, you know, then hopefully by then we'll be ready to move into a brick and mortar and sell a bunch of beer.
0: Yeah, awesome. Uh, so currently you're located uh, kind of at Cosmic Coffee. Talk about what that situation is there.
1: Yeah, so I uh, worked with a... Gentleman named Paul Ovesi at Hill Country in New York. He owned a music club in Austin called Momos. And he was the music booker at Hill Country. He was okay. brought in there to kind of build up the music program. And when we came back here uh, and we're looking for spaces to open a food truck, he called me and said, hey, I have a space. And, uh, you know, we're looking for food trucks. Perfect. And they, they said, you know, they're going to be ready. Uh march 2017 and we were ready and open march 2017 and they didn't open until january of 2018.
0: <laughs> oh wow so, so we're great. There
1: just in like an open <laughs> lot for almost a year yeah um, and that was a hard year there was a hard summer there was no ac there's no like bathrooms on site we had to go to the gym across the street oh crazy uh, um but cosmic opened and, and it is incredible they do they have a very uh, extensive, really inventive, and really delicious coffee program. Uh, they do like batch cocktails and other nice. different kind of cocktails. Really good beer selection, and the best thing about it is just the open space. Mm-hmm. Of the entire like it's on a huge lot, and they have this. Uh, it's it's like a sustainable site. So all of our vegetable scraps, all the coffee grounds. Um, You know, everything goes into compost and that gets rotated and then they have a really, really well done landscaping there. A bunch of raised beds with vegetables and herbs. Nice. We pick our herbs for the sandwiches right there. Oh,
2: awesome.
1: And it's a beautiful space. Yeah. Really, really well taken care of. And there's a couple other food trucks there.
2: too. There is. Okay. Yeah. So, Um,
1: and to me, it just embodies, you know, Austin and South Austin. It's, laid back it's families it's dogs it's beers barbecue and tacos just a great space to hang out
0: so now you you mentioned south austin i've only been in austin once so uh where what kind of part of town is that in
1: so uh you got south austin and north austin it's kind of separated by uh you know we call it a lake but it's actually the colorado river okay Um, north austin hoity-toity you know, martinis. Okay. You know, stick up their butt and <laughs> South Boston, <laughs> cool guys. Right. You know, beer cans, uh, laid back, McConaughey style. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the 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 dynamic.
2: All
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, it's about two, three years ago now. I did uh, Franklin, of course, and uh, yeah. s- style switch for dinner. So
1: nice. Got yeah, in a hey. couple
0: of good spots, and then uh, yeah
1: absolutely both,
0: hit, both great spots hit Kreitz down in lockhart on the way back to houston so
1: that's one of my favorite places in the world yeah. Krites, yeah
0: yeah neat uh yeah that was quite a weekend i did uh snow with louis mueller and then austin yeah. and then uh uh lockhart so it was a pretty good weekend for me so yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah i'll say <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of
2: barbecue
0: <laughs> yeah my job uh yeah. Takes me down to Houston about once a year or so, so I usually try to work in a little road trip when I'm down there. So,
1: yeah, no, I mean next time you're in town, obviously, once, uh, you know, travel restrictions are lifted a yeah. little bit. You got
0: to come by. We'll definitely hang out, have a Yeah, for sure. No, if uh, for me to get down there now, it's a two week quarantine when I get home, so that's uh, yeah, no <laughs> makes thanks. it a little tough. Yep. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: uh, you, you touched on some of the menu and a uh, few items. Uh, Kind of unique there that I was looking at the, the barbacado, the beets, uh, talk about some of those other items.
1: Yeah. The barbicado, that one's a lot of fun. We were looking to, so we were, initially we were serving beef cheeks every day. And then, uh, except Saturday we would serve brisket Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Um, and the way that we, uh, cook our beef cheeks is we trim them, uh, to a nice little fist shape. Mm-hmm. And then we have all these scraps uh, that we make into barbacoa. We smoke them the same way. We smoke them on our offset pit. And then we confit them both in beef fat. We just take the beef cheeks to like a sliceable texture, like a brisket. Okay. And then we take the barbacoa to like a pull texture till it's just falling apart tender. Yep. The only problem is that after we're done trimming... The amount of beef cheeks is about one half of the amount of barbacoa. Yeah. So, we always have a ton of barbacoa. We were looking gotcha. for ways to kind of use it and push it on the menu and get rid of it. And uh, everybody on staff was like, oh, let's do a stuffed baked potato. Let's do a stuffed baked potato. And I was like, no, everybody, everybody does a stuffed baked potato. We're <laughs> not going to do that. Like, <laughs> let's think about other, you know, uh, vegetables or other things that we can mm-hmm. stuff with barbacoa. Um, and then I think I saw somebody do like a stuffed, like seafood, avocado, okay. um, like crab salad or something. Right. It was right. like, oh, avocado, there you avocado, go. Yeah. Nice. Um, and so it's really popular. You know, a lot of people get like, we put it on a little piece of bread to kind of steady it. Um, it's actually really popular with people like, you know, if they don't want like a full meal or mm-hmm. a sandwich or a two meat plate, you know, they don't want just a side, like, all right, go for the barbicado. It's half an avocado. It's less than a quarter pound of meat. It's yeah. like perfect if you're on like keto or something.
2: Yeah. Skip um, the bread. So
1: yeah. Really popular. There's a climbing gym, like right across the parking lot from oh, us. And yeah. we get a lot of barefoot climbers coming over yeah. <laughs> <just> <laughs> or, or barbacado. All
0: over that. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. And then the, the beets, you had a cauliflower dish.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we like to, I mean, in Austin, there's a lot of people who choose not to eat meat. Mm. And, uh, you know, barbecue is an experience that I think everybody should be able to have, right? If Absolutely. you are eating kosher, if you're halal, if you are vegetarian or vegan, or if you just, you know, want to eat normal barbecue, um, you know, I think it's something you should be able to experience. And so we tried to really do, you know, something like Smoke whole vegetables and then something that we could like carve off. Um, and so that's how the cauliflower kind of came about. I saw mm-hmm. a place in Miami called QKYU, okay. doing a whole roasted head of cauliflower. Um, and I thought it was a beautiful dish. I saw a lot of other people doing like cauliflower steaks. Yeah, I've
0: seen the steaks. And there's got to yeah.
1: be some way that we can do that. And so we just kind of, after trial and error, we figured out a way, uh, to cook it and to market it, you know, for people to be uh, interested in it we call it cauliflower burn ends Mm -hmm. now because we prepare it like burn ends. It's like, if you think about burn end brisket, Mm -hmm. um, it's smoked and then cubed and then double smoked. Right. Yep. So same thing with the cauliflower. Uh, We don't cube it up, but we, um, we smoke it, we rub it with our mustard sauce and we smoke it till it gets a little tender. And then we rub it with our mustard sauce again and then we grill it. So it's cooked twice like burn ends. And then it's also burnt on the ends. It's like a little, black and charred on the Mm. ends for the beets uh wanted to add another like vegetable and we had we keep beets in the walk-in because it's kind of uh what makes our barbecue sauce special like Mm -hmm. juice fresh beets and then we put them in uh you know we put that in there and it's nice and bright and purple and it gives the barbecue sauce this like nice earthiness to it Mm -hmm. and uh we wanted to do Add something to the menu that was another vegetable that was, um, you know, something we didn't have to buy new and different and, you know, not like add on to our budget. Mm -hmm. So we just started playing around with how can we smoke these beets. We did a smoked beet dish at Friedman's, but I wanted to do it a little differently. I wanted it to be you know, like a, a kind of a main dish and the cauliflower is good, but it doesn't necessarily fit on the sandwich that well. Right. Um, so something that we could, you know, it's almost like the same shape as the cheek that we could like slice. Um, and so what we ended up doing was roasting uh, or steaming the beets and then peeling them with a towel um, and then kind of preparing them like that. And then just putting them on the smoker like that. And mm-hmm. They sold pretty well uh as smoked beets but once we started to peel them and then put them into a pastrami brine and then rub them with a pastrami rub and then well, smoke them and yeah. pull them pastrami beets then they really took off yeah and no they were like whoa is what that, is that? <laughs> like actual pastrami and we're like no it's a vegetable and they're like cool yep. <laughs> well, i'm still in yeah
0: well, that's so, awesome yeah i've made a yeah. smoked beet salad and the beets take the smoke nicely so
1: Yeah. I mean, it works so well. They just have that kind of sweet earthiness that just Mm pairs perfectly with smoke. So yeah.
0: Awesome. So you you mentioned, uh, obviously COVID, uh, having an effect on your, you know, plans to move into a brick and mortar. What, uh, besides that, what's the, what's the effect been on business for you guys?
1: So it happened right, uh, I kind of look at St. Patrick's day yeah. as the day everything like closed and everything went down. Yep. And normally that is like right in the middle or right before, um, South by Southwest. Right. Yeah. Which is one of the biggest weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. South by Southwest. We have caterings every single day we have, you know, it's, extremely busy at the food truck because cosmic has a huge stage and a ton of bands and we are normally pulled in every different direction and just like crazy and, you know, trying to do as much as we can and cook as much food as we can and make as much money as we possibly can. Yep. And, you know, we rely on that spring revenue to get us through the slow summer. Yep. So when that just dried up, You know, I saw all of our wedding caterings dry up. I saw all of our events dry up. I saw all this revenue just kind of evaporating Mm and going out the window. And, you know, just kind of thinking about people sitting at home in front of their computers. And this is how the work is going to be for the next however long. Yep. And I thought, how can we reach people, you know, at their homes? Mm -hmm. How can we not only, you know, just... Uh, get our food to people at their homes, but how can we get our ideas Mm -hmm. to people where they are? How can we exchange, you know, not just uh, a half pound of barbecue for a set amount of money, Mm -hmm. but how can we sell, uh, you know, how how can we make one thing and sell it to a bunch of different people? Right. And so I started to kind of play around with the idea of creating a media arm of our company. Mm -hmm. Uh, And these are things I wanted to do you know, down the road, cookbook, podcast, yep. videos, all these things. And, you know, Brad had kind of started to play around with his camera and start to think about posting videos at that time too. And, you know, we both kind of took off on these trajectories. And I was like, well, you know, we can start really small. All we got to do is produce one video a week. Mm-hmm. And let's see if we can just say, you know, if, you, if we can charge – as much as we charge for a pound of brisket every month. And then you'll get four videos a month, once a week. And, you know, it's a learning experience. We're teaching people. Um, And so we started a Patreon. Yeah. Uh, And it has been very successful for us. It's replaced a lot of the, uh, you know, catering income that we would get. Of course, it's nowhere near close to what we would have been making before, but, you know, we're still, you know, we're still doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are cooks by nature. We're not necessarily like videographers and <laughs> yeah. editors and sound editors and all this stuff. So, you know, we have been getting better and better at kind of telling our story and being creative through that venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now we can also just like, you know, buy something or kind of, you know, if we have, extra whatever in the walk-in it's like all right well how do we make this into a video then you know that almost pays for itself and then we can sell whatever else at the food truck so we're almost making double money off of whatever food we have awesome so we have the patreon now where we are posting one video a week uh last week we did what did we do last week god i forgot (laughs) Uh, we are do- so this week is sweet week, uh, which is like we're doing uh, five different desserts this right. week, and we're going to be posting our like gooey butter cake video this week. Um, you know, we've done everything from our smoked beets, our cauliflower, every single side we've done on the menu. We're working on our brisket video right mm. now, um, and they range from about eight to like 20 minutes in length, depending on the subject. Um, so, we got Patreon. I got the podcast, the school barbecue podcast. Uh, I started blogging the recipes to kind of you know hit the video, the audio, and then the written word. Right. Um, and then I'm also we're also working on a cookbook too. Awesome. Just kind of really trying this like multi pronged media approach uh, during COVID, and it's been a lot of work, but it's Mm -hmm. been a lot of fun, and it's been semi successful and. Real, what I really feel like we're doing is laying the foundation for something that will uh you know grow into something a lot bigger you know kind of down the road once we can really right, wrap our wrap our arms around it and kind of get other people in there mm-hmm. to uh you know completely dedicate more time to it i yeah. think it'll be really lucrative and really fun and really informative for a lot of
0: people yeah no i it's awesome uh and it expands your reach just outside of Austin and people that are there, right? It uh, Folks that oh, can't, uh, you know, through things like podcasts and YouTube, uh, particularly Texas barbecue, right? Uh, folks yeah. like me up here in Canada. I'm familiar with all of you folks down there just through listening yeah. to those things. So, um, you know, people that aren't able to get to Austin and try your food, at least that's a way for them to interact and uh, be a part of it, right? So
1: yeah exactly I mean the uh, you know we used to have people coming so we're kind of close to the airport yep, in okay. Austin Yeah. we used to have people that would come from the airport and be like oh you know we're just in town and we heard about you guys and we just figured we'd stop by mm. the idea with all of the kind of media stuff and reaching you know so many people and you know it's to create super fans mm-hmm. right Yeah. so we want to bring people to Austin specifically for us. Of course. We want them to be page, you know, to watch all the Patreon videos, listen to the podcast, and then to just like, be so excited Mm -hmm. that they're coming and then, you know, possibly even come like a couple days in a row. Like that that would be amazing. Yep. So, so far it's, it's working out really well. We have uh, people from all over the world who are patrons and who listen to the pod and who, you know, it's kind of wild. We're yeah. we're just a food truck, you know. Like we <laughs> don't even have yeah. uh, a roof over our head half yeah. the time. I was like soaking in like inches of water in my boots like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know, out in the rain. You know, we're still exposed to the elements. You know, yeah. we're still like over here just transporting stuff from our commissary to our little you know nineteen ninety four food truck. Yeah, like you know, in, in the back of my you know Chevy Colorado. Yeah, but we are reaching people around the world at the same time. It's wild.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you about that with the Patreon kind of, is there a a spot globally that you, you saw somebody subscribe and it just kind of blew your mind?
1: I mean, we have people from Canada, Australia, Singapore, Germany, England, like it's, it's all over. Yeah. And I have been lucky enough to travel a little bit with barbecue Mm -hmm. I've always been very open about teaching yep. and uh, <clears throat> Daniel Vaughn, who's the editor of Texas monthly mm-hmm. is kind of aware that I'm one of the only people who's really uh, ex- accepting and, you know, open to bringing people in and teaching okay. people about barbecue and how it's done and every single aspect and, you know, them getting their hands dirty and mm-hmm. we did that a lot at yep. Friedman's. So I made a lot of friends there and you know, therefore I went to Australia to teach people to do events. I went to Russia to teach people to do events. I went to China to teach people. So I've been to, you know, all the, all the communist and socialist countries (laughs) to, to, uh, you know, spread equally amongst the people, Uh, (laughs) even though I did get paid. Um, But yeah, it's it's afforded me a, a lot of possibility, and mm. um, it's been a lot of fun. And you know that's one thing that is really interesting about cooks in general. It's like you know you can always connect with people even if they don't speak the same language. It's just like you know this tastes good. Yeah, that's doesn't delicious matter in, in every language.
0: Yeah. Now, did you or were you scheduled to do one of the events uh, up in Montana at uh, Pause Up?
1: Yeah, I've been there a few times. Yeah, I've been already. Um, okay. Uh, when did I start going there? I started going there a couple of years ago. I've been there two or three times. Okay. And that has been the only travel uh, that my wife and I have done during this pandemic. Okay. Up they've been really good to us. Yeah. And everybody else uh, during that weekend canceled and yeah. was in. Early May, and I felt pretty bad about it. And you know, with this entire pandemic, it's always been about, I think, assessing your own risk. Sure. Uh, you know, and I'm, tech. You know, I'm a little fat, but I'm not. You know, I'm <laughs> kind of young. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a relatively healthy immune system. I don't really get sick that yeah. often. Um, and if we were going to go anywhere uh, during this, you know, up there where there's like nobody there were, there were like a dozen <laughs> guests at yeah. the entire resort that's on like 37,000 acres yeah. so we were not around mm. people um and you know i felt like i was kind of being there for them mm. uh you know because they would have had to cancel everything if you know yeah. I and mean, they still had a couple guests there yeah uh, so hopefully we can go back sometime like late summer or something Yeah. This
0: or maybe next year yeah I, uh, about this time last year i had scott on before uh before nice. covid was even a thing in anybody's mind yeah. uh and he was talking about the events they were supposed to have last year and
1: uh, yeah
0: yeah so it looks like just a magnificent place so
1: it is incredible scott yeah. is a great guy sonny's a great guy everybody uh who i've met who's involved with paws up is amazing uh, I've made a lot of really good friends there. You know, we go up there with other chefs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Wayne Miller and Tim Byers and even like the Feguses and a yeah. really good friend, Sheldon Mason. And, and we're just hanging out. There's, there's not a lot of responsibility there. It's mm-hmm. not like a festival where we have to cook for thousands of people. It's like, we got to make one dish that's on the menu yeah. at, the, <laughs> at the, you know, at the restaurant. And yep. it's like, the rest of the time we're just shooting guns and drinking whiskey and fly fishing and yep. just like having a great time. So yeah, nothing I've wrong with that. and yeah, I absolutely love going up there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'd hope to get down there. It's about a, a day's drive from us here, so it's not uh,
1: oh,
2: nice. not yeah, too yeah, far. Was right
0: there. Yeah, yeah, we're from from where I am, we're three hours and we're at the Montana at the border. Nice, and then you know another five or six hours to get to, to where they are. So it's not uh, yeah. not too too bad. So yeah.
1: The only place in Canada I've been is Vancouver, and okay. had an amazing experience. Oh, it's
0: there. a beautiful, beautiful city right on the water, and uh,
1: yeah, it was great. We yeah. a couple of years ago, Nathan Sawyer and I flew into Vancouver. We were doing research on uh, like brewing equipment manufacturers, so okay. we flew there. We saw a couple, uh, you know, equipment manufacturers. We drank some beer. We drove down to Portland, did the same thing there, and yeah. Had a really really great time.
0: After. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful country. We're just uh, across the mountains from them, so that's uh, yeah. here in Calgary. So, um, just look, kind of looking on the website, uh, the the barbecue, new school barbecue university. What's uh, yeah?
1: Where where the T shirt the t-shirt right here, right? there?
0: Look at that. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean teaching obviously it's something that's really important to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, with teaching people internationally and also this Patreon. Um, And then, you know, this was also something that kind of came about, uh, it was like a convergence of a couple different things. Mm -hmm. So we want to drive revenue during a slow part of the year, Mm -hmm. we want to foster community amongst barbecue people, and we want to teach people what we're doing, you know, to kind of spread Mm -hmm. around. Uh, you know, the ideas that we have of sourcing locally, of cooking different things, and these certain different kind of methods that we're using as well. So it's like, all right, how do how are we able to bring people in uh, to get them all together and to, you know, kind of get, you know, the maximum amount of, you know, money out of a guest mm-hmm. that we possibly can. Um, and that is to, you know, give them everything that they want, you know, to kind of give them time with us to mm-hmm. answer all their questions, to teach them every single thing that we know. And that is, uh, that's kind of manifested in the new school barbecue university. I saw, you know, I got I'm really inspired by 17th street barbecue, mm-hmm. Mike Mills yep. uh, rest in peace, obviously. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, the things that they were doing with, bringing people together there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those are some of the first times of like Carolina people learned how to cook brisket and yeah. like Texas people like learned what whole hog was. Yeah. And so just kind of bringing those things together, teaching that really inspired me. And then I also saw the type of money that people like Meyer and Mixon are making, you know, yeah. teaching barbecue classes, just teaching comp classes and yeah. stuff. I'm like yeah. there's, there's something there with those things. So, We, um, bring people in Friday night. It's the whole weekend. Yeah. Friday night is like a meet and greet. Uh, we either do like fried chicken or fried catfish or something. Uh, you know, Brad makes something fried. It's always good. Yeah. And then just kind of get to know everybody. Saturday, we meet at our commissary, or we, uh, the last time we just kind of did all the trimming at the food truck to keep everything outside. We did Mm -hmm. a shorter, uh, much more condensed class size during COVID. Sure. Um, So we trim everything in the morning on Saturday, Mm -hmm. season it all, load all our pits up. You know, we're cooking briskets, beef cheeks, whole hogs. We are trimming uh, the, our legs down, our pork legs down for sausage. We're putting that on care. Um, and that takes basically, you know, all morning yep. answering questions and kind of sure, doing yeah. it slowly and teaching people what we're doing. Um, and then we have a little lunch. We, you know, we'll teach people how we make our burger, which is really good and mm-hmm. really popular. And then, you know, there's burger lunch. Uh, then there's a little break in the day. It's a long day. And then we do... Um, kind of get ready for dinner we'll grill steaks and stuff for dinner and then after that we will kind of pull everything off the pit we'll bring everybody into the smokehouse you know like three mm-hmm. two three people at a time and be like all right this is how we wrap the briskets this is what we're looking for at this stage and really get everybody like you know hands-on really yeah. visual kind of teaching everybody exactly what we're looking for at different stages in the cook mm-hmm. and then everything will kind of rest overnight and then on sunday morning Uh, We are pulling the hog, we're slicing the brisket, we're, you know, we have cased and are smoking the sausage at that point, too. Um, And then on Sunday afternoon, we have a huge, you know, feast of all the meat of, you know, hog and cheeks and brisket and everything that we've uh, cooked through that entire weekend. Awesome. You know, by that time, everybody's good friends and we've, you know, had a couple panels of uh, different chefs come in and talk about sustainability and where, you know, we had our pork purveyor come in and talk about raising hogs. We have had, uh, you know, my last podcast guest Ben come mm-hmm. on and talk about making pickles and lacto-fermentation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and you know, it achieves all the goals we want it to. And, awesome. Uh, it's, it's tiring, but it's one yeah. of the things that I'm most proud of that we do for sure.
0: So, so how many times in a year are you putting that on?
1: We do a winter session and a summer session. Right. So we are getting to get ready. This is going to be like a late winter, early spring one, yeah. just because we wanted to kind of let cases settle down a little bit before we bring anybody mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, but we are, I think, looking at early March for this next one since and we're, I mean, we're not, we're still not going to have like real South by yeah. this year. We're not going to have any kind of uh, normal catering and mm-hmm. business. We'll have so something to kind of boost our revenue at that point will help a lot. For sure. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to probably split it up again, uh, into a couple smaller groups, yeah. but every time, you know, we meet amazing people, they get inspired, we get inspired, you know, one of the first guys, uh, one of the people in the first class, um, actually works with us now, Cole Parkman, uh, nice. you know, he worked at truth before that. And okay. Then, um, You know, he's, he's just a barbecue guy, you
2: know,
1: I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And he, uh, now works with us and is just a great guy, great kid. He's got his head on straight. He works hard and we love having him as a part of the team.
0: That's awesome. And one of the things I noticed, uh, with the boat wrap method for brisket, uh, I I think I know what that is, but, uh, maybe give a quick, uh, rundown of that.
1: So, uh, this kind of came out uh, by mistake, uh, came, came about by mistake. I was at Freedman's when we very first started, uh, I was, we were wrapping all of our briskets in foil just cause that's how I was taught. That's how, yep. you know, we would get them tender. That's how they would stay juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, but one time the sous chef kind of like left the foil open a little bit and we were trying to push him to get them done. Um, and the top ended up being like nice and like crusty, and like it was like really good. And it mm-hmm. was a textural difference, you know, when you slice through. I was like, man, there's something different about this. Like it's so, it's so good. And mm-hmm. it almost has like this extra Maillard reaction on it. Yep. Instead of being all like hydrated, you know, the pepper and the salt was crunchy and the yep. fat was crunchy. Um, and so we kind of leaned into that curve and started uh, just kind of wrapping them in a different way and started kind of like hugging the sides of the brisket with foil, the sides and the bottom instead of, you know, completely wrapping them on top. Okay. I know it's really popular now uh, to wrap in paper. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think the benefits of all right. So people kind of, uh, they're like, okay, well do you wrap in foil or do you wrap in paper? And it's like, they're two different things, so they're two different mm-hmm. tools. So you got to use them two different ways, right? You don't use a hammer it's the same way that you use a screwdriver. Sure. So uh, the benefits of paper, right? You can kind of it'll absorb a little bit of the fat, um, and it'll kind of hold it tight to mm-hmm. the brisket, uh, but it'll kind of let a little bit like leach out, and it won't like braise as much as it will just like finish cooking and then stay moist. Mm-hmm. The benefit with the foil is um, the the entire top layer of the brisket. If you're cooking on an offset pit and you're cooking fat side up, mm-hmm. um, the entire top layer of the brisket is fat. Yeah. And so, anytime that I have like cooked a steak or something, you know, I want to like sear that fat. First of all, I want to trim it to the right way. If if I'm talking about a New York strip. I'm trimming, or like a ribeye, I'm trimming that kind of fat side until there's like a quarter inch. And I want a really good sear on that Mm -hmm. because if it's caramelized and it's crunchy, then that fat is going to be edible and delicious. It's going to be a great, awesome part of that steak. Mm -hmm. Kind of take the same approach with the brisket. So around the same time that we would wrap in paper, uh, we basically make a foil cross with the uh, longer horizontal piece of foil and a slightly shorter vertical piece of foil. And we lay the brisket horizontally across the fat side up. And we kind of crimp the foil around the edges uh, and kind of hug it tight to the sides. Yep. Um, And what that does is, yeah, it keeps the top crunchy, keeps the bottom nice and moist, uh, holds it just a little bit of juices against the bottom. Mm -hmm. This is after it's rendered out a lot of fat and juices. Um, But it really makes a unique texture. Mm. Um, you know, it has that crunchy crust. It has that kind of nice and silky rendered extra smoky fat because it gets more smoke on Mm. it. And then it kind of has, um, you know, that nice, delicious, uh, you know, tender rendered brisket. Um, and we rest them in the foil, and it also makes it easier to check the doneness of it. Right. I don't know if you've ever like reached into a you know a brisket that's wrapped in paper. You can kind of feel it like yeah. some. If, if you're kind of new to the game, you might want to unwrap it and test it. And Then wrapping it again gets kind of messy. Yep. Um, but with the foil, you can just kind of like peel it down and really test the yeah, test yeah. the texture of the meat and see if you can kind of penetrate that lean mm-hmm. side. Um, and it's just easier to check. Uh, you know, we kind of use the foil on the side as like handles, so we can sure. move hot yeah. briskets around easier. Yep. There's so many benefits to it, and yep. there's like zero drawbacks. Yeah,
0: so. I know, I'll have to. But, I, I generally wrap with the the peach paper, but I'm going to have to give that a try here.
1: Give it a try, man. Yeah. I mean, we're we're try- we're converting people every day. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> awesome. I won't uh, won't keep you any longer here, Evan. Uh, before we go, where can folks uh, find you guys? All your kind of. Online social media presence.
1: Yeah, so uh, first of all, go to leroyandlewisbbq That's where we can, uh, you know, that's that's where you can get our sauces and rubs and merchandise and everything shipped to you. If you go to uh, at Leroy and Lewis on Instagram, that's where we do most of our social media. Uh, We post, like, some of our, uh, like, kind of abbreviated Patreon clips on there, like little trailers. Right. Uh, If you go to patreon.com slash Leroy and Lewis, that's where, uh, you know, you can get all of our Patreon videos. Again, $30 a month uh, gets you a new barbecue instructional video every week. Uh, You can look for the New School Barbecue podcast on Apple Podcasts and Mm -hmm. on SoundCloud. Yep. Uh, you can follow me at Evan Leroy Barbecue, or sorry, at Evan Leroy BBQ on Instagram, uh, at Evan Leroy on Twitter, and you can follow Leroy and Lewis on both of those channels too. Awesome. Uh, we're on Facebook. We don't do as much on Facebook, but we're on Facebook.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Last question I ask everybody, Evan. It's uh, it's dinner time. Uh, you got the grill or the smoker going? Maybe. Uh, maybe you haven't been slaving away at the food truck all day what's uh what's the go-to for you
1: oh man uh it's either gonna be a really nice fresh piece of fish mm-hmm. or it's gonna be some fajitas either way it's going to taco
0: yeah there you go can't go wrong <laughs> man. well Evan uh thank you so much for doing this really appreciate it great to, great to meet you and I uh, absolutely look forward to getting down there to check you guys out one of these days once we're allowed to do that again and uh all the best and good luck in 2021 for you guys.
1: Thanks so much. Uh, thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got and, it. Yeah. I hope to see you down in Austin soon.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Take care.
1: All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks to Evan for
0: chatting with me. It was great to hear about his journey. This month's product review segment is presented by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit-sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca Alright everybody, product review time. Today we are working with Bow Valley Barbecue, friends of the show uh, out of Canmore, Alberta. Jamie from Bow Valley Barbecue has been on the podcast before. And today we're doing up some wings with three different varieties of their sauce. we got the Bigfoot Bold, Sweet Sticky Icky, and the Bow Grizzly. So I've got some wings, seasoned up with each of those sauces. The Bigfoot Bowl is a nice, bold, uh, traditional type barbecue sauce. The Sweet Sticky Icky as you, you can probably tell by its name, a little more sweetness to it. And the Bow Grizzly is, a, is more of a hot sauce. So we're going to give these a try on the Weber kettle today. Grill up some wings and uh, do some taste testing of these three different varieties of sauces. In addition to these sauces, they have some other great sauces. a Blueberry Merlot Steak Sauce, which is wonderful on steak. Uh, they do a jerk chicken, total jerk, a salsa, sweet corn chili salsa, as well as a wonderful missing link rub. Uh, great lineup of products from Bow Valley. Looking forward to trying out these wings for you today. Okay, let's uh, taste these wings. We cooked on the Weber kettle with the Grillby skewers, a variety of uh, Bow Valley barbecue out of Canmore, Alberta sauces. Uh, what do you want first? Oh, start with we, the sweet and work up the spicy or go yeah, the other way? Uh, well, how about we start with the spicy that if it's pretty pretty hot. Okay. There's something to cool it down. Alright, we'll start with the bow Grizzly here. It's
1: mm-hmm. tasty. It's got almost a bit of sweetness. Yeah, not uh. Before the heat comes. Yeah, not a lot of heat, no, really. No, it's not nasty. I didn't
0: put a lot of sauce on them, but... No, it's, it's just a little... Yeah, you know, Comes in the background mm-hmm. a little there, but uh. Yep. we'll finish that up after. And we'll move on to the Bigfoot Bold. Well, there's a bit of the heat now. Yep. It's, it's kind of a, a background <laughs> heat. Gets you after the fact, yeah. Bigfoot Bold. I've used this sauce a bunch already on a... Previously on a number of things, really a nice, uh, again, as the name suggests, a nice bold flavour. Uh, we'll go with that one. The bottle's much less full. Oh, I'm dripping all over myself.
1: That be a taste test if mm. you mm. Mm. No, that one's very tasty.
0: Just a classic. Yeah. Not sweet. Mm-hmm. Barbecue flavour. A little heat there, but nothing. Uh, Just, yeah. Nice. Classic mm. is a good word for that. And we'll head down again. Uh, the Sweet Sticky Icky, another sauce I've used plenty of before. A little more of a, as again, as the name implies, a sweeter flavor to okay. this one. And with the sugar in there, it did yeah. get a little, uh, little more char on the Caramelized. Some of Caramelized, yes, not char. That's good stuff. Yeah. No, that was really
1: tasty. Real original comments for each of
0: them. Yeah, <laughs> really tasty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, no, that's good stuff. I think uh, thumbs up all around yeah. for the Bow Valley barbecue Absolutely. sauces. A little grease on my shirt to go with it. and uh, Until next time, folks, there's another product review from Eat More Barbecue. Thanks. Thanks to my guest this week, Evan Leroy from Leroy & Lewis Barbecue in Austin, Texas. And thank you to Bow Valley Barbecue for their support of my social media endeavors. I'm a huge fan of their sauces and have been enjoying finding new ways to work them into my cooking, both barbecue and otherwise. Check the show notes for links to their social media and website and have a look at some of the killer merch they've been rolling out lately as well. Some of the COVID lockdown restrictions here in Alberta have been eased up a little starting this week, and restaurants are now allowed to offer limited seating for dine-in. Keep your eyes open to see what your local barbecue joints are doing, and wherever you are, in Alberta or elsewhere, get out there and support them in whatever way you're comfortable and able. And whatever you're doing and wherever you're going, stay safe and wear your masks. The Eat More Barbecue Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. This week's network shout-out goes to Life with Dementia, a monthly podcast hosted by John Alouder that shares relevant research, personal stories, and practical tips for communities surrounding dementia. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Life with Dementia and all the other great shows on the network. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week. Hey, friends, thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time,
2: folks, keep on smoking.